joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. Today I would like to talk about how to create something positive or a benefit out of a crisis. Karina, kick us off. Okay, um, I mean the first, the first thing is, is it's all about how you perceive it, I guess. So, um, you know, obviously any kind of cri you know, crisis by definition is going to have a lot of negatives coming with it. Mm -hmm. So I think probably the first step is going to be reframing how you're looking at the situation. Doesn't mean that you, you look at it and go, oh, great, a crisis. I'm so, there must be dozens of opportunities. I'm so excited. Like you're going to have that human reflex where you go, oh, no. So ride that bit out, but don't let it last too long. And then manage to kind of, um, you know, sort of think, OK, how am I going to make lemonade? Do you know what I mean? How, how am I going to get something good out of this? So I think the first step is reassessing and, and just adjusting how you're looking at it to begin with. So going with the intention of finding something positive because it won't just emerge naturally. Mm -hmm. I think we're all experts in crisis now. We've been through the COVID thing. You know, that's our big crisis, isn't it? And so perhaps we look back at that and say, well, uh, you know, how did that impact on me? And I think there's a piece in there about where, where did it come from? uh who's with me in my, what army do i have to stand beside me mm. um and then also it's exactly as karina says how do i how do i with what lens do i look at this crisis uh and where i guess where's my life at the moment you know if the crisis is financial and you go into it and you're already financially weak because you're worried about money or whatever then it's double trouble isn't it Whereas if, if the issue is, I don't know, about weather and you're inside the house and you're not going out, then it's not so bad. So I think there's a, there's a number of criteria in there that we need to consider in order for us to be resilient. I think there's a key word here in, 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 in the moment of the crisis. Mm -hmm. I think there's, um, there's, there's a lot of sense in that. And um, if you consider the uh, situation of, of conflict, armed conflict or something like that, where markets crash and and people lose their houses and their livelihoods and everything else there are people who are in a position to say oh good and and snap up things cheaply and then make more out of it and in a psychological rather than a practical sense there's possibly space for us to look at all these crises and say well good that gives me something to step onto psychologically that allows me to get rid of the the, the the things that I don't like about my life and change them. And presumably the same would be true of, of companies. Well, I know when I, of, sorry, Arlene, sorry. No, I was just going to say when I show up and you know, my whole job is chaos, how do I deal with chaos? And for me, I just start picking it apart and looking at the pieces of what can we control? What can't we control? Where can we make change? Where do we just to Karina's point have to write it out? And that's, that's for me, how you start looking for places you can make positivity is start picking it apart. Stop looking at the whole thing. Yeah, the how do you eat an elephant concept, isn't it? One chunk at a time. I think yeah. the, the other element there that's quite, quite interesting is, I think, is how we come into the crisis. So about what we think we can and can't control. I remember a friend of mine once saying he, had, he, he has a peculiar history and one of his jobs in the past was a mercenary for an army in Africa. And he said, we just used to walk into anyone's house, sit down and help ourselves to food. And he said, nobody's house is their own. And I, and I was like, you know, that was his view on life. That's how he experienced it. And I'm sitting there going, well, no, my house is my own. Well, how would I feel if somebody just walked in and took it over? Well, that would be a crisis for me. I mean, that would be. But hang on, said that. How important is my house to me? So as I come into that crisis, is my house my castle or is it just somewhere I reside? And depending on how I see it would depend on whether I see this as a crisis, an opportunity, or as Steve says, some, some opportunity to, to benefit, profit, or, or develop. Yeah. That's the key thing. Is it's, it's the change element, and I think um, 
you know, given the, because we're already talking about obviously changing how you view it, but then it will always automatically lead on to some kind of change. And our knee-jerk human reaction to change is always to go, no, because <laughs> you know, it's just it's never comfortable. We don't want, you know, we don't know what the outcome's going to be. So fear kicks in. Um, and I mean, we know that obviously through COVID, um, there were some really radical, but really positive changes that, that businesses and the NHS and numerous other organizations had to implement, which have worked out really well. And they kind of think, why didn't we do this before? So I think that possibly then becomes the sort of thing, well, you know, change of any kind is actually really difficult to push through or to, to think about or, you know, because obviously your day to day running of things is going smoothly and you think, I don't want to interrupt it. Don't disrupt. Just just keep it. Everything's ticking along. Just keep it as it is. Mm -hmm. So we don't usually welcome something that's going to throw the spanner in the works, jam everything up and then go, right, how can we do this differently? So I think maybe a crisis is almost the perfect excuse to start looking at any changes that you might have wanted to you know, make before the crisis hit. Well, and that gives us the corporate buzzword of disruption, right? How do you create disruption? How do you benefit from disruption? Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's something, um, I mean, Robin, you'll be familiar with this in psychology, the, the use of the cathartic intervention, mm. which is to say, you know, something gets really down and dirty and tense in a, in a conversation, and then something happens to make people laugh. And that cathartic intervention just bursts a bubble of misery and, and despair and changes the atmosphere. And it's almost like, you know, waiting for that dynamic tension to get so big and so dense that you pop the bubble and everything is free. And it'd be great in a corporate environment to watch that dynamic of, of tension build and build and build and know that you've got the opportunity or that there will be an opportunity if you choose to be creative enough to pop the bubble. So how do you notice that from the inside? Because from the outside, as coaches, we can see this bubble, bubble coming. We watch it happen. We know that benefit can come of it. But if you're on the inside, you're so busy just trying to make it work that sometimes it's hard to notice that, hey, there's a disruption opportunity here or there's a crisis brewing that I could do something about and turn it to a benefit. I think just, just as a little filler in there is that we don't have a culture of disruption, do we? We have a culture of continuation. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah. Karina. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I, I think, because um, at the other side of this, <clears throat> we have, I mean, we, we at Unlimited Potential, we've written a white paper on this, which I'll, I'll put in the comments or something. But um, the, the, the sort of counterbalance to disruption is, is the type of unity that you have within the team and the organization to begin with. Mm. And people can unite for all manner of different reasons. And sometimes people unite to survive something, but they essentially feel really quite, peed off you know they're, they're, they're not happy they're not comfortable but they all cling together in that discomfort and they they tend to sort of hate someone or something for it whereas positive unity is um you know we, we're all aspiring for the same thing we're excited about the goal we're, we're excited about the change and um so i think to that ideally is i think the place where we want to where we want to be by nature um, and as a team, as a leader, I think if you can spot any kind of frustration within your team, particularly if there's high performers in there who are, you know, sort of thinking, well, we could, we could or if they're bored, if, they're, if their you know, productivity is dropped and they're kind of sat and, you know, twiddling their thumbs a bit or looking elsewhere, maybe a few people have left, those types of indicators which would tell you that we're missing a trick here why are people not excited to be here anymore because that so are you 
Are you saying your team has to have a certain level of function to be able to benefit from a crisis? Or like if you already have a dysfunctional team and crisis hits, things get worse, not you can't make it better? Maybe yeah. crisis is the answer. Maybe it's the thing that brings them together. It can be, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. United in adversity. The, the, the thing is, I guess you're talking about reactive behaviors within the organization. And some of the conversation earlier was more about creating the creating the environment for that reaction to happen. Mm. And, and that's where I think you need to have some, either an external influence, like a, 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 a global pandemic, for example, or you have to have an external influence in, in an individual or individuals who can see things from the outside, whether that's really, really from the outside, whether they are external partners or external uh, observers, or whether they're people who are able to, if you like, take that third party observant view of their own organization. So we're talking mostly about corporate disruption at this point then. Yeah, I mean, we, we can force a disruption there, can't we? I mean, we can move the office around or change well, our own role type. Yes. Moving around the furniture is absolutely fundamental in, in a small way, in a Kaizen kind of way. And, and I've proven this in, in a couple of offices, where big open plan offices, where people's reaction to it, we can do the exercise, we can talk about it another time, Robin, but moving the offices around so that people actually enjoy each other's interruptions in company and everything else changes the whole dynamic of the office and changes well, the way I'm that going to have works. to cut us off there because we are over time. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of editing. I'm so sorry. Thank you so much for having this conversation about crisis and disruption and how to make it positive. And I look forward to doing it again very soon.